Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Where were you taught? You know, you don't have to be totally responsible all the time. When you're four years old, you don't go, well, that's my parents' values about responsibility, but I have a different one. Or I'll consider what value of responsibility I want to have. No, you just look at it and go, oh, that's how you're supposed to be. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Who taught you what responsibility was? What did they teach you exactly? Your conditioning about responsibility is inextricably intertwined with your ability to be excellent because it's in the critical moments where radical responsibility is called for that we either rise to excellence or not. What happens for you in those moments and how do you muster the strength that you need at those critical times? Keep listening to find out more. This episode is from a recent member webcast where I was teaching the live version of the Open to Excellence course. Production is currently underway to turn this into an online course, so please stay tuned about that. And I'm excited to announce the release of my ebook, Cut the Bullshit, Solve Your Problems by Getting Real. It's full of direct practical advice related to getting employees engaged, hiring right the first time, and how to create a culture of radical responsibility and a lot more. For a limited time, I'm giving away this ebook for nothing. So if you happen to have some nothing or maybe you see nothing nearby, grab it and go to clearandopen.com slash CTB to download it. That's CTB standing for Cut the Bullshit, a free ebook to reward and support my loyal listeners. Thanks so much for being one. Now let's dive in. I want to talk about the nature of excellence as sort of a punchline, there's the big reveal coming up in 10 or 15 minutes. Something maybe I've talked about before, but I think something that you've counterintuitively discovered through this process. But before I get into that, I would love to hear what your foray into your own excuses has been like. Perhaps one of the more sobering exercises. And if anybody has any new ones that aren't yet on the list, we're trying to get to a hundred. So I'll share kind of what I what I was wondering about last night, and, and uh, I shared this with Joseph. This question in in looking at the excuses in the in their various categories, I found myself identifying with some from each of them, and it kind of got me wondering: like, have I just maybe subconsciously or even consciously been sort of creative in coming up with new? excuses that would i don't know get me out of something like uh am i just sort of being um creative at being weaselly i guess well i would just i'd say yes except i'd replace the word i with the word shadow because it's the, the shadow's job is to be creative about deflecting responsibility that's the job and really try to find a, a neutral, non-judgmental place about that. Because where did you learn your sense of responsibility from? You know, th- think, about, 
the times where your parents came back from work and were talking about their bosses at the dinner table or, you know, how hard their work was when they got home? Like, how did your parents teach you responsibility? How did they relate to taxes? Did, did your parents cheat on taxes a little bit? A little bit? Did you know about it? Did they tell you? Did they make it seem normal? You know, the little things. There's usually in any given family, there's little lapses of responsibility. I'm not making a value judgment about taxes per se. I'm just saying, where, where, did, where were you taught? You know, you don't have to be totally responsible all the time in such a way that you didn't really have a choice about it. Because, you know, when you're four years old, you don't go, well, that's my parents' values about responsibility, but I have a different one. Or I'll consider what value of responsibility I want to have. No, you just look at it and go, oh, that's how you're supposed to be. Yeah. In other words, look at your conditioning around it. And then what happens, you know, how is accountability? What's our initial experiences of accountability as a kid? Someone gets right, in school outside of the home, you go to the principal's office and you get, you're in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. Nothing's good is going to happen at the principal's office, right? Nothing that's about supporting you is going to happen to the principal's office. I remember once when I was, I don't know, third or fourth grade, I brought uh, fireworks to school. Didn't light them. I just had them. A friend of mine had some and I just, thought it was cool. You know, I was like eight years old. Someone must have told on me. And I got called to the principal's office. And I'll ne- I was terrified. And I'll never forget what happened. I remember he said, you know what I'm supposed to do now? And, and which is kind of a weird question to ask him. Whenever I was seven, eight-year-old, the principal says to me, do you know what I'm supposed to do now? And I think I said, expel me. And he said, he laughed. He said, no. Because I'm supposed to call the police. And I was just like terrified. And then he didn't call the police, which was supposed to, I guess, you know, make me feel like I got off really easy. Yeah, not that was one of my earliest experiences of, of accountability. Well, in dealing with my daughter, it's an interesting thing because now this year that I'm a little more exposed to these accountability ideas then um, I'm super interested in not passing on my what, whatever's onto my curl. So your whatever's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so some of the things that are interesting that come up is, well, do you need to follow all the laws? Um, are there such thing as bad laws that you just like, should the Germans have followed all the laws? Right. Mm-hmm. So these things all, suddenly are come up that I don't have answers to. Right. But, but traditionally you think, yes, you're supposed to follow the laws and that's responsibility and ABC. But you know, there's some bad laws. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. And I had a, a, a teen I was sort of mentoring, um, but uh, 10 years ago who got caught cheating uh, at the school he was in and the conversation when he got in trouble started out with, how is this hurting you? That was the way that conversation went. And it was like a half hour discussion about like, what's the impact on you that you cheated? 
pretty different than I'm supposed to call the police now, but I'm not gonna. You see the lack lack of curiosity there? Hey, Joseph, and mm-hmm. I, I think that whole the whole concept of what you and in Sam's example. So I also brought fireworks to school, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. So I brought the kind that you pull apart and they explode. Not you don't even light them. Oh yeah, and I'm in art class. I'm in seventh grade, junior high. So my friend Rusty Russell, I go, hey Rusty, I got one of these. And he's like, oh awesome, and he just pulled it. Like I had no. It wasn't my choice. I just thought it was cool. The teacher saw me and Rusty. We both get to the principal's office. Um, corporal punishment in 1982. I got a hack with a paddle this big at a full swing to my ass. Like full swing. In public school? Public school. Wow. Public school, Mead School District, 1982. Like bend over, grab your ankles, and... <laughs> Every ounce of an adult male's swing, and I think he played baseball back in the day before <laughs> his hips were in it. So when you think about it, it's like I thought it was neat. I wanted to show off to my friends. Yeah, one of my friends pulled it. We both got hit by an adult with a very long board, really hard. It's barbaric, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's fascinating. But when you when you talk about like. Versus being asked how it impacts you. Well, I mean, uh, differently, like, sure, that could have caused, had I understood the consequence or understood, not the consequence, the impact of bringing explosive to school. Yeah. Hey, you're in art class. We have volatile things. We have, Uh we have paints that are back in those days, all oil, but I don't know if oil. Yeah. Or, you know, it's distracting to other students or, you know, nobody was, nobody ever asked me like, uh, including my parents, because then I got in trouble with them, you know, but among among all the people, the teacher, the principal, my parents, among all of, nobody was like, so what, what compelled you to bring fireworks to school? Mm -hmm. Now, the, the version you'll get is what were you thinking? Right. Which is not really a question. Right. <laughs> right. Because it's, if you don't really want to know the answer, it's not a question. It's scolding. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's interesting. It's like that could have been a cool conversation. Like if, if they would have truly asked, why did you bring fireworks to school? I could have said, well, I, I kind of wanted to show off to some of the cool friends and they could say, yeah. oh, so socially, is it kind of hard for you? Yeah, I'm kind of shy and introverted. And the cool right. kids talk to me. And this is a cool kid thing. Ex- the cool kids like fireworks, and I was just trying to fit in. Right. That could have elicited this yeah. right? Right. That could have opened up a whole mentoring moment that yeah. could have radically changed the course of an entire school year, an entire life. Yeah. And, and when that doesn't happen, when we don't get that kind of curiosity and care, well, excuses start looking really good. Yeah. Because if you don't get that with accountability, and there's nothing positive out of it, then you might as well figure out ways to get the person off your back as quickly as possible. And that's an excuse. Yeah. This authority, this call to accountability, this being held responsible for my actions, it's not going to serve me. No one cares about me. I'm not going to get listened to. I'm just going to get subjugated again. What's the quickest and easiest way I can get out of this? That's the response. Yeah. That's why there's almost a hundred excuses.
Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, you could probably map your excuse style. I'm still learning about this as well. I've been mapping these excuses out for the last six months or so. But you could probably trace back your excuse styles to how you were raised, early childhood experiences, you know, things that have worked for you. You probably don't use the excuses that didn't work for you. They probably match your biggest gifts. If you have, like Dave was talking about, if you use a lot, lot of different ones, you probably have a pretty quick mind because you got to think on your feet if you're going to you know, do the laundry list style. Some people will just choose one or two and just stick to it. You know, and never relent. That's another style. It was fat. I, I didn't read this and I didn't notice this until this past exercise that you had them separate into the five different categories. But I, I tried. Thought, I mean, I'm fooling around with that. Yeah. No, but it, it's fascinating because almost all of mine were in the hero trooper. Oh, good. It worked. Okay. Yeah. And I had one that was in the uh, diplomat and one that was in victim. Uh-huh. But it's interesting because. Like, oh, hero trooper. Oh, shadow strong and ballsy as hell. Of course those yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. So know? that's what I'm trying to find out is, is how to group them together as themes because there's so many. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. disorienting. Mm-hmm. So beware, now that you've seen these excuses and start to look at them in yourself, you're going to see nothing but excuses out in the world. Sorry. The strategic world, the inauthentic world, the the world that is so problematic. It's literally held together by excuses. I mean, sometimes people have entire conversations about how little time they have and how overwhelmed they are, which now, you know, are all excuses. I found it interesting when I was doing mine that, uh, trying to identify my top five is they weren't, it was, a. very much like a me versus me sort of thing instead of like, they weren't excuses I recognized as giving to other people, but I give them to myself all the time. Mm-hmm. For example, it's like the eh, "we can do it tomorrow" one, or like procrastination. But I don't really give that excuse to other people. But I just struggle with it, kind of back and forth when I'm talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that. That's one of the. I appreciate you bringing that, Tyler. Um, it's. You know, excellence in the context of excellence here, you can do everything that's expected of you or even go beyond what's expected of you with other people. And that won't necessarily get you to excellence. You know, I think sort of what I like to call the employee mentality with, uh, with big quotes around it. The employee mentality is do what you're told. And you ask any manager... They don't want you to do what you're told. They want you to do more than that. They want you to figure it out. That's ownership. Because if you only do what you're told, you're being supervised. Well, I did what I told. I did all the things on my task list here. I'm fulfilling all of the stuff that's explicitly written in my job description. Well, that's great. You're a model supervised employee that requires management resources to you know, keep you moving. But that's not the path to being a leader, right? It's not the path to excellence because excellence implies creativity, it implies spontaneity, it implies operating without having all the knowledge. It's um, doing what needs to be done without needing to be told. 
Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.